different, and uh, in that it is both uh, directed to Brother Carter and Mrs. Carter and to you as a church family. The title of it is simple, and it is not a long message, but I trust it will be one that pricks our hearts, while at the same time, and in a sense, I trust it will be great comfort to the Carters. I, I trust it will be great encouragement and commendation to them. Obviously, the title here is A Successful Servant in the Kingdom. A Successful Servant in the Kingdom. First Corinthians chapter 4, we'll get there in a moment. Obviously tonight we've set it aside to recognize the Carters for their many years of service and I like putting it in this terms, okay? Because you may belong to a company and they may do things for retirement. You may belong to a business and they do things in honoring. My friend, can I tell you tonight we are honoring people who have given their life to the king and that's something special. That's commendable. They have given their lives in service full-time to the kingdom of the king, the kingdom of God. Tonight, obviously, we've set this night aside to honor them, and certainly it's going to be, if it's about them, it's going to be about the Lord, because that's how they've organized and orchestrated their life. And yet, uh, one night (laughs) is not a very big time comparable to 45 years of service. As Steve said, I, it'd be great to hear all the stories and the, how the Lord has orchestrated and worked in their lives. And, and uh, you know what? Uh, being in the ministry, you know, there's stories of mountaintops and there's stories of valleys. And the Lord's gotten you through both and blessed you in all of them. And I'd love to hear those stories, and that would be great if we could. And I trust. I think that is some of the best advice that Steve had. Get to know them and uh, spend some time with them. Here's some of the stories at the reception tonight or the weeks and the months ahead. Do that. And yet tonight is a small comparison, but I do know this, and I, I think it is true not only of full-time, uh, those in full-time ministry, it's also true of Christians. My friend, you, any accolades, any recognition you get here on earth is, will pale in comparison to what heaven's going to be like the presence of your king. And so I know that uh, God's going to brag on them. God's going to reward them amply when we get to heaven. But we want to take an opportunity. I'm grateful for the opportunity uh, that you and I have tonight as a church to honor these choice servants of God. And the ability and the opportunity to spoil them a little bit, to give them a, a pat on the back, we might say, encourage their soul and spirit in this reality. Your life was not wasted. It was not spent in vain. In fact, it was spent wisely and successfully. And I want you to hang on to that. That is what the best that any of us can ask for here on earth, that we have spent our lives wisely and successfully. The measure of success for the servant of God, and that includes all of us. Now, there's where it gets very applicable for you and I. The measure of the success of a servant of God differs greatly from the means of evaluation that the world would use. When we look at the scriptures, boy, it's completely different. It stands in contrast to what the world would say would be the the means of evaluation for success. And so tonight, we want to look at the scriptural means of evaluation for this statement here. What is a successful servant in the kingdom? And as we look at it, uh, we want to celebrate their ministry, the success that they were. And at the same time, we want to understand that this evaluation of success, of work of a servant for God is for you and I too. How do we match up today? How are we doing in our own path towards success? How are we moving along and how are we fulfilling the things that we've been getting? So as we consider these things and consider how they've been successful servants, and I I, I commend them, I think they've done tremendously well. And at the very least, may I tell you this, to spend 45 years on a mission field is commendable. 
Brother Don Sisk, and you certainly know him. And, and uh, I remember talking at times with him, hearing him preach. And boy, he, he, he's been back in the States many years from the mission field. And I, I remember and what we fail to forget, and especially seeing a, a, a new crop of missionaries, these young missionaries. My friend, being a missionary has changed a whole lot in 45 years. I would dare say 45 years ago and even beyond that, boy, when you went away to the mission field, you weren't always certain you were going to come back. You didn't know when you would come back. There wasn't the internet. Phone, uh, kids, hold, plug your ears. There's no cell phones. It wasn't easy to call back. It wasn't easy to get back in contact, connect with family. There was no FaceTime. Well, there was. It was just face-to-face. Okay, anyway. Uh, there was no FaceTime as we know it today, friend. It's completely different. And yet, what did they do? They surrendered. I like how Steve put it. They didn't know what laid ahead. They just followed the Lord. So we celebrate that tonight. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for their, your service to the King of Kings. See, the first key to understanding the means of evaluation is to see that God, that, that in God's eyes, from his point of view, being a servant, a, a minister, a Christian in his kingdom is synonymous with being a, now don't miss it, a steward, a steward. A wise steward. What's a steward? Well, we've seen it in the scripture before, so I won't belabor the point. But it's someone who's been entrusted with much. They've been entrusted with things, responsibilities, talents, you name it. They've been given so very much. And the fact is this, from God's point of view, you are to do something with it as a steward. It isn't just to hide it, hoard it, put it away. No, no, no. God expects. Uh, in fact, the Bible says this. We are all stewards. Notice the verse in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Great hymn, isn't it? Singing about grace, marvelous grace. We've all received it, haven't we? Manifold, multitude, in many ways we gain God's grace. And here's reality, friend. Now you and I are a steward of that. What is God trying to say? Well, as a steward, the fact is this, and may I put it this way. There are many parables, many verses in the Bible that reveal God's heart on this, and his heart is that a return is expected of stewards. There is a return expected of stewards. You remember the, the parable in which one servant buried his talents in the ground and did not use them. And when it came to giving an account, what happened? Well, he was chastened, chastised, and judged. Now, I want you to notice this, and this is so very crucial for us to understand. I said a return is expected, not results. Because results are in the hand of God. We're not judging on how many saved, how many churches planted, how many this and how many that. And so, no, no, no. Listen, hey, God will take care of results. You and I are supposed to take care of being a steward. Our return, he's entrusted me. I am a steward. And so, yes, God expects something in return, but it's not like the, what the world would say. It's not the, the measurement or the evaluation of what the world would say it is. No, it's really completely different. Let me give you some of them. Here are the returns God expects in the life of a steward. The first is this. A successful servant is faithful to the task. A successful servant is faithful to the task. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Look at verse 1 and 2. 
Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ, and that's all of us, friend, and stewards of the mysteries of God. Verse 2, moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Here's the return. God says, okay, I'm going to make you a steward. I'm going to give you life in Christ. I'm going to give you much grace. I'm going to give you mercy. I'm going to give you the mysteries of God and, and the knowledge, the truth. Boy, we have so much that we've been given. And God says, you are a steward. And so he expects a return on that. And the first is this. You and I would be faithful to the task of being a steward. Paul, we know it well, and he describes, he says, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And you know, probably my favorite verse, he, he says this, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace was, not, was bestowed upon me, was, his grace bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Christian, may I tell you today, you need to know your task. You need to know what you've been given and the, the call upon your life and understand you are a steward of the time and the life you've been given, of the grace you've been given, of the word of truth you've been given. You are called to be a, a steward. I'm grateful because I can tell you, I believe the Carters knew their task. They embraced their task, and they were faithful to it. I think one of the neat things to have uh, Brother Steve here give a testimony is this. You know what? Growing up in a ministry home, you have a front row seat, what we might call a ringside seat, to watch everything play out. You get to see whether your parents are faithful or not. You get to see if they, they practice what they preach. You get to see if they walk what they teach. I'm grateful for Steve's testimony to the fact that Brother Carter and Mrs. Carter were faithful. Faithful to the task and daunting at times and uh, not seeming like by man's evaluation, this is going well or this is going the way. I, no, no, just trust God. Trust God. He's in control. I'm just a steward of this life. And boy, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to serve the Lord and I'll leave everything else to him. And I'll tell you, you know what a successful servant is? A steward that is faithful. Faithful to the task. I'm grateful for that. Uh, no doubt, as it does for me, for my parents, I'm sure Steve is very inspired in his own ministry today, having witnessed and seen their faithfulness to the task. May I remind you that every Christian here, every believer, has been given many different tasks in life, talents and abilities and gifts and callings for things that for us. And yet at the same time, we've all been given uh, a task in life that's to last a lifetime. To be a witness, to shine for him, to, to tell people of Christ, be faithful to it. What is the first return on the steward, that all the things that he's entrusted us with, that God expects? Just this, be faithful to the task. You know, you can put it in terms of the children here tonight. Children, do you realize that your task right now to be faithful to is to obey your parents? To get to know, to come to know the Lord and live for him and love him and grow in knowledge of him? We all have these different tasks in life, and yet they change the times, and yet there's that overarching task of living for him and shining brightly. Are you faithful to the test tonight? Oh, you'll be a great success in God's eyes if you stay faithful to the task he's given you. Hey, number two, notice it. A successful servant uh, is faithful to the truth. 
faithful to the task, but also faithful to the truth. When we speak of being faithful to the truth, we are obviously speaking about God's word. Christ pointed out in John chapter 17, verse 17, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. Now, I want to infer something from this verse. I think it's implied in the verse too, but definitely we can infer from it. Uh, What is Christ saying? Now, notice it. Don't miss it. Okay, the word sanctify, what do we know it means? It means to be set apart. Now, notice this. I think this is so crucial for us to understand. If you and I, our success is marked by our faithfulness to the truth, you know what Christ comes along and says? The truth will sanctify you. It will set you apart. In other words, when you and I embrace and are faithful to the truth, you know what it does? It sets us apart as a servant of God. It sets us apart. So the very thing, say, okay, I'm going to be faithful to the truth of God. And so as it permeates and saturates my life, as we'll see in some different ways that I allow it to infiltrate me, the fact is this, there's something that happens because I am faithful to the truth. It literally sets me apart as a servant of the king. And my friend, there is nothing better to be set apart as than a servant of God Almighty. The truth of God. I believe this has played out in the the lives of the Carters, both Dave and Glenda. And yet, as we know the truth to be God's word, being faithful to it involves more than just being loyal to it. Notice what Christ said in in John chapter 8 and verse 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. There's nothing more freeing than knowing the word of God truth of God. Now, how does this happen? In other words, okay, so if there's more to to being faithful to the truth than just simply being loyal to it in a sense and calling it God's word and calling God's word the truth, what is it? Well, number one, it must inform the mind. It must inform the mind. It must inform the mind, our thinking. Now, I can say through listening to Brother Carter preach and talking with both he and Glenda, uh, they have informed their minds with the Word of God. They've spent a good deal of the 45 years in the mission field, and certainly even before that, studying God's Word, allowing God's Word, the truth, to inform their mind. Uh, They have been faithful in this way to the truth. And you know what has happened? I I praise the Lord. Um, It has made them free from this world. And it has made others free from sin and everything else. That's what the Bible promises. See, mark it down. Now, don't miss this tonight. The more Bible truth people hear, the more they know and the more they appropriate in their living, the more free they become. Okay, did you catch that? See, the more Bible truth people hear, and the, the more they know, and the more they appropriate in the living, the more free they become. From sin and this world and all the things, and I'll tell you, it is even freeing from the flesh. I can tell you right now, the flesh doesn't like you to inform your mind of the truth of God's word doesn't like that your flesh wants to rule like we saw this morning follow its ungodly lusts and desires and appetites but boy my friend you fill your mind you inform your mind with the truth of god's word and you dwell on that my goodness it will free you from your own flesh it will free you from anxiety it will free you from fear it will free you from anything that harms you and threatens you anything in this world 
That's why I'm so grateful, and I, I, I mean it. It's so crucial to study the Word of God on your own. It's why it's crucial to be faithful to the house of God. It's crucial why even social media and other conversations, you're talking about the Word of God, and you're encouraging one another through it. Uh, you've seen it. The Carter, since they've been back from Japan, have been faithful to the Lord's house. Whether here physically or via live streaming, they've been faithful to it. It isn't that they've come back, oh, well, okay, well, we're back in the States. We've got to put on a show for Fostoria Baptist Church. No, this has been their pattern for 45 years. And they've made it a point in their lives. And it's proven by the testimonies and the, the longevity of their service. The fact is this, they have worked hard at informing their mind with the truth of God's Word. And they're by living by it. It's interesting, I... I say this as an encouragement to you folks. My fathers, we've talked about having just retired a couple of years back from the, uh, the um, pastorate. He said something one time we were there visiting. I, it just, it, it, it thrilled my heart. At the same time, it kind of caught me off guard. He says, man, I am really enjoying my Bible study almost more than ever. And he went on to explain. This is what he said. If I get it correct, he was literally saying, this is why. You know what? It's fun to study and enjoy studying for preaching. Now I just get to study for me. <laughs> Now I just get to study for just taking in more and maybe spending more time on things for me personally and so forth. And he was just excited about studying the Word of God in the ministry 45, 50 years. You think, you know what? Anything else in the Word would be like, man, I don't want to do another day of that. <laughs> you don't want to go back to work after retiring. Why would I go do that? I'd spent my whole life doing that. Well, my friend, as a Christian, we can spend our whole life in God's Word and still not get it all. And I'll tell you, it it bespeaks their love for the Lord. It bespeaks the fact that they want to fill their mind, inform their mind with the truth of God's word. It's a sign of a successful Christian. It is a faithfulness to the truth of God's word. Faithfully allowing it to inform their mind and their thinking, being saturated. Hey, Frank, can I tell you, you want to be a successful servant of God? Let the truth of God's word inform your mind. Be in the house of God. Put yourself under it. If you can't be here physically, be the Elijah. Just get under it. Let yourself be under the steady drip of God's word, the truth of God's word. Study it. Secondly, if you'll notice, uh, this truth must inflame your heart. Not only inform the mind, but inflame the heart. You know the verse well, those uh, two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Remember what they said, Luke 24, 32. And they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while, we t- while he, that's Jesus Christ, talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures. May I tell you, that's the right kind of heartburn, amen? Okay, that was my best joke. You've got to go with it, okay? Hey, that's the right, that's kind, isn't it? Listen, our hearts burned within us. When? What were they listening Jesus Christ expounding on what? The Word of God. The truth of God. Man, their hearts can burn and they were getting excited. It was a good old camp meeting revival happening on the road to Emmaus. They were getting excited. Their heart passion was building up inside of it. Why? Because the truth of God's Word was being spoken by the very Word of God. Jesus Christ. My friend, can I tell you? Successful servant is faithful to the truth, and one of the ways that is demonstrated and seen, it inflames your heart. It is having a heart that burns for pa- with a passion for the truth you know, with the truth you know for it. Your heart burn like that? 
There's a burn over the truth of God's word. Man, it just excites you. And you get a passionate about it. Hey, this is what God's word says. Let me share with you what it says and, and how it's spoken to me and how it's lifted me up and ministered to me. You see, the four books that make up the gospel show us how Jesus Christ as our Savior was moved with a burning heart. He had a compassion on people because note it, he knew they had no guidance in their life. There was no truth in their lives that would be a liberator or an anchor through everyday life. He understood that in this life of unguided life, or in this life of an unguided path, at the end of it lies the unquenchable fire of hell. So as Christ saw people, he understood, wait a minute, they don't have the truth. And as they don't have the truth, boy, they are not liberated. They are not set free. In fact, they don't even have the guidance of the truth, and they're headed for hell. And certainly our Savior's heart burned within him at that truth. I believe as conversation and witnessing their ministry, I believe the hearts of the Carters burn with that truth. They are inflamed with the truth of God's word and it's bred in them a compassion for the Japanese people that kept them serving there for 45 years. You think if you're ready to retire, you'd get those tickets a few years ahead of time. But can I tell you, they agonized over coming home. I say home, home was there. They agonized coming back to the United States having to leave those people they poured their lives into. The people they had a compassion for, the Japanese that who they saw their heart burned for. And the truth of God's word that still needed to be shared with those people. See, does your burning heart for the truth move you passionately to give this truth to those around you? Those who don't have it, does it move you to do that? Does your heart burn with the truth that life is real, sin is serious, death is sure, and Christ is the only answer? And does your heart burn for that? You want to be a successful Christian? You want to be a successful servant at the end of your life? You want to hear well done from God in heaven? I'll tell you, there needs to be a a burning of your heart over the truth of God's word. Your heart needs to burn. It needs to be inflamed with the truth. Say, Pastor Henry, I don't have that. I, I, my heart, I, the, the truth of God's word when it's preached, when I read in my Bible, my heart is it, it's hardly stoked. There's not much of a fire. May I tell you tonight, it might be good for you to ask God for an inflamed heart, a burning heart to be all that God wants you to be and to do the, all that he's called you to do. It wouldn't be a bad thing. It'd be a good thing. Father, if my heart is, I've cooled a little bit and my task and being faithful to the task, faithful to the truth. Father, man, fan the flames of my heart. Help me to burn with passion over the truth of God's word. Can I tell you, John 3.16 is just as powerful today as when John recorded it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's a truth. It's a truth we ought to be passionate about. It's a truth that our hearts ought to burn over. My friend, you want to be successful? You'll never let that flame die. You'll keep your heart burning over the truth of God's word. The third point to this small outline of of, uh, the idea of informing our mind and then inflaming our heart, the third point, this also mirrors or goes right along with the third point of our main points. 
The third truth, uh, the third thing that truth must do, it must move us to infect the world. Infect the world. Look with me, if you will, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Turn with me there. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1. Look at verse number 5 with me, if you will. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1 and verse number 5. I love this little passage, these few verses that Paul writes. We'll read down through verse 10. And uh, if you'll notice what he says here, Paul. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance. As ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. Verse 6. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, with joy of the Holy Ghost. Verse 7. So that ye were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia, and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place, your faith to God word is spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. Verse 9, for they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. My friend, that is a fantastic testimony, isn't it? If I could describe it, I would put it this way. These believers, these servants of God that Paul commends were truly what I would call salty saints. Salty Christians, weren't they? I mean, listen, he says, your faith sounded out. I mean, everywhere that we went, we heard about you. And boy, people were talking about your love for the Lord and how you turned to the Lord from idols and how, how you're looking for Jesus Christ to return. My goodness. We put it this way. We were, they were salt by their presence and that they obviously created thirst for God. Salt, man, creates a thirst. And here are these saints, man, Paul says, listen, we'd, we'd go to these places. We didn't have to say anything. We didn't have to speak anything because, man, you'd already made people thirsty for the Lord. There's been a few occasions where I've got to witness to somebody, and man, they were ripe for the picking. The Holy Spirit had already been there. Other Christians had already been there and, and sown the seed and watered and everything else. And my goodness, now, you go into one of those situations, and the people are already thirsting for God, and all they want to do is pray and trust Christ. And I tell you, that is wonderful. And that's the impact that was here. Man, I'm excited. I, I, can, can you not see? I, I know it's hard. And, and I, boy, I commend you for learning the Japanese language because when I listen to that, I'm like, there's no way I could ever memorize that, learn that. But boy, you see those folks up there. and You know what I noticed? The joy on their faces. And the joy of the Lord. Why? Because there's a time when the Carters were in their life and maybe other Christians too who were salty saints and made them thirsty for Jesus Christ. And boy, when you're thirsty for something and you finally get to drink, oh, that's great. But can you imagine what it's like to drink of the living water after which you will never be thirsty? That's what showed on their faces. Man, we are thirsty. We need the Lord. And sometimes people have to come to the knowledge of their thirst. And when they come to the knowledge of thirst, boy, help us. What is the answer? And boy, it is Jesus Christ. I sure am thankful. And here, here's the, uh, how it goes into the next point. Here's the next main point. It's simply this. A successful servant is faithful to create a thirst in others. Create a thirst in others. You want to be success? You want to be guaranteed of hearing well done, now good and faithful servant? Create a thirst in others. Create a thirst. 
a thirst for Christ. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, the first part simply says, ye are the salt of the earth. You know what that makes vitally clear? See, no matter what other unique gifts and abilities and tasks we might have individually. In other words, we're all gifted different. We all have different talents, and we have some different tasks here within the Christian life. No matter those differences, we share the responsibility, every single one of us, of being salt wherever the Lord has planted us. You want to be a successful Christian. It can't be this. Well, I I just do my one thing and I'm done and and I don't really worry about being a salty saint. No, friend, can I tell you? That'll probably guarantee you won't hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Because that's all of our tasks. We have it. You may have other tasks. You may teach Sunday school. You may do this. You may have the gift of giving. You may have the, whatever the case, fantastic. That's wonderful. But we all share the same task and that's being a salty saint. Being a salty saint. And that is necessary for you and I to be considered a successful servant or steward. Matthew 28 would add to that, wouldn't it? We have a responsibility of teaching and telling the truth. Teaching and telling the truth. Go out into the whole world. Teach them. Tell them of Christ. Baptize them. It's our responsibility. Brother Carter, Mrs. Carter, I commend you for being faithful, salty saints in Japan. 45 years. Creating a thirst for Jesus Christ. And as Steve said and alluded to, it's a thirst that will go on and on. Fruit that lasts. To that I say praise the Lord. Likewise, the thumb of Michigan needs some salty saints too, friend. Will you be one? Will you be a salty saint where you are? My dad wrote this at some point. He wrote, it ought to be that hell would quake every day. When you and I get on our knees before the Lord, right before we go out to infect the world. It's good. Even if a guy named Henry wrote it. It's good. It ought to be. You know what? I, I, think, I think we ought to be sick and tired of hell not worrying about us. I think we ought to grow tired of the reality that we're not doing enough or that we aren't successful in saying, wait a minute, this this world, excuse the language, is going to pot. They need Jesus Christ. I have the Savior. Let's get to work. Let's get to work. It ought to be that hell quakes, that every day that you and I stop and we pray, God, help me today. I want to serve you. I want to be a salty saint. And then we go out to infect the world. We know enough about affections nowadays to know what that means. Spread the gospel. Let every person hear. The saying has been shared before, but I think it is so very true. Fostoria Baptist Church. As we commend the Carters, and I think an admirable job that they have done in Japan. Here's the truth. Someone once said it, once wrote it. Everywhere we have a member, we ought to have a missionary. Everywhere we have a member... We ought to have a missionary. Salty saying. Wherever it is that life finds you, wherever it takes you, we ought to have a proclaimer of the truth. One of the truth that informs the mind. Your heart is inflamed and you have a passion and a heart that burns to infect the world. May I just ask you a question? Are you successful right now? It's always good, and, and we were joking today in, in our Sunday school class with somebody's uh, a year review, end-of-the-year review and everything else, and giving an evaluation. Hey, it's always good in the Christian life to step back and say, okay, wait a minute. Now, am I successful? 
Am I doing well and doing right according to what God says? Hey, this is a successful servant, faithful to the task, faithful to the truth, and faithful to create a thirst in others. How is it for you, Christian? Just a moment, we're going to have a, an adapted invitation here. I'm just going to pray. We're not going to have a piano after that because then we're going to do some other things too. But would you do this? In fact, let's bow our heads and close your eyes. Would you do that? Bow your head and close your eyes. And would you simply ask a question of the Lord? Hey, right, Father, Pastor Henry's going to pray. I'm going to pray. And I uh, hear out loud. And this is kind of our invitation. Would you just, during this prayer time, you quietly pray, Father, help me to know. Show me if I've been successful. Is there one area here that, that I'm not really a successful servant right now or I've let slip a little bit? Father, would you just speak to my heart? And Father, if that means as part of this, you need to burden my heart with passion that it would burn once again, Lord, may it be so. May it be so. Would you do that? I'm thankful for the Carters and their testimony and the example that they are to us. And boy, I mean, it'd be great if you and I would renew our commitment to being successful servants for the Lord, for his kingdom. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so very much for the truth of your word. And Father, I'm grateful for the teaching here. I'm so very thankful for the Carters. And Lord, I... um, most people don't understand. Most people don't uh, grasp how wonderful it is to see someone who's been faithful, who's kept on keeping on, who's been steadfast and movable in the work that you've given them. Thank you for that. And Father, we know, as it is with any of us, that it was you working in them and through them, even as Paul wrote there. But thank you for that. And Father, I pray that you would bless them now in this new season of life. I, I just pray that you would encourage their heart and their soul and their spirit. And Lord, there's always a vacuum when you change ministries or, uh, or things, seasons change. And so just bless them in that. Help any hurt of their heart. Uh, just minister to them, comfort them, give them peace, and be close to them during this time. Thank you for their testimony. Their example. Father, help us here at Fostory Baptist Church. And now the Carters included. I, I pray we'd continue to be successful servants, that we would keep on being faithful to the task at hand, to the truth you've given us, and to create thirst in others, Father. Lord, work in our hearts. Uh, may, may you help us to uh, shore up those areas and those things that aren't all they ought to be. Father, bless us now. Work in us. Work through us. May we change the cities around us. May we even change our state. May we even have the ability to change our country, Father. Pray for revival. We pray for you to do all these things. And Lord, we would be honored. We would be humbled if you choose to use us. Help us be willing and be those servants, those faithful servants, Lord, the wise steward of what you've given us. Father, just bless in all these things. We are so grateful, so thankful for who you are and that you have a part ongoing in our lives thank you for the instruction you give us from your word now bless here lord not only here uh, in these things here with the reception to follow pray you just be honored and glorified in all of it we thank you for the privilege of honoring the carters tonight thank you for blessing us so we can bless them lord it's in your precious name we pray amen Hey, one last thing I want to share with you that goes into this. Would you look at this verse? I think this is great. As we now recognize them, we have a few gifts for them I'd like to present to them. But 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17 says this. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. May I just tell you the purpose of tonight is to heap some double honor on the carters. 
a worthy couple, two servants of the king, as we might put here. The idea of ruling well, as you look at it to the original language, it, it literally brings up the idea of serving well, sticking to the task like we've talked about, faithfully fulfilling that task that's given. And then I like this statement, their labor in word and in doctrine. It, it's commended, it qualifies them for the double honor. It's the labor of telling and teaching and living out the word of God. Their labor in spreading the truth and teaching of our faith and all that it entails. I really believe this describes the Carters. I think Steve certainly said that at his testimony, the testimony of the other folks, and more importantly, what we've seen down through the years and, and such. And so I'm grateful for that. That's why we want to recognize them tonight, present you with a few tokens of gratitude and admiration. And, and I appreciate your participation in this. I remind you, too, we're taking up a love offering for them, the offering that's given tonight uh, that's not earmarked otherwise. will go as a love offering to them. And so you know, we're certainly excited about that. We want to be a blessing to them. We're grateful to have you here. We're thankful for your service. So I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you folks to go on up. You guys will stand here. Come on up. Don't be shy. Come on. This is your day. Okay. Come on. Just stand right here. That'd be fantastic. And so we have a couple things we'd like to give you and uh, just present to you. Uh, first of all, uh, we are, uh, again, just grateful for you, thankful for you. First of all, we've got a plaque that we've made and uh, just as 45 years of uh, faithfully serving our Savior. And David and, and you know what? I think, uh, Dave, we, uh, I think, Jim, we made a mistake on here. We need to fix this. Let's just pretend your name right now is Linda. <laughs> you do answer to that? Well, that's okay. We're going to get it. <laughs> well, this is starting off well. <laughs> anyway, back to a more serious note. <laughs> Thank you for lovingly, compassionately, tirelessly, and faithfully ministering for our God and his kingdom. Your investment in lives has made a difference for eternity. Today we honor you and join our Savior in saying, well done. June 28th, 2020, from Pastoria Baptist Church. I'll give you that and we'll replace it later. Okay, God bless you. Let's give them a hand. I think that's appropriate. We don't often clap in church, and so children, that's not to confuse you, okay? When we do special music, we do special music for the Lord, right? And uh, yet, here's the reality. You know what? These are heroes of the faith. These are heroes of the faith. Children, these outshine any sports, quote-unquote, hero you think you might have. Okay, so why do we clap for them? Because I'll tell you, I might clap for a sports figure, but these people are so much more worthy of clapping to be honored. Okay, uh, you get me going on this kind of thing, I'll get going. Because these are heroes. The world needs heroes. I'm thankful for police. I'm thankful for those on the front line and so forth. But I'll tell you, my friend, heroes are those who faithfully serve the Lord. Okay, and these are the heroes we need. Young people, you could do great to emulate them. It would be fantastic. Japan could use some missionaries, amen? Young people, you could do great. Try to be like them, okay? Second message is over. Anyway, just encourage you with it. Hey, a couple of the things we like to give you. First of all, just as our token of appreciation, help you with um, things upcoming and expenditures. We'd like to present to you this check from our church family from uh, just because we love you, I care about you, for $2,500 just to help you in your time ahead and just to meet any needs and things you have there. Give you that, okay? And it's always good to get on a lady's side. We got you some flowers, okay? So that's for, you want, the, oh no, there you go. Here you go. 
then also, as I talked about, even in the message there in the sermon, uh, you know, I, I know you'll do this, but one of the things that has come into my life recently that I've just enjoyed is what we call a journaling Bible. And uh, it's a Bible that has lines on the side and things like that. And so you may already have one, act like you don't. But anyway, we both got you both a, a journaling Bible, one for each of you. And just, I, I know you study God's Word, just encourage you to continue to do so. And the Lord's going to take you. There's one for you, and then I'll just pile that on, okay? Amen. And uh, then this is my favorite, and I, I think this is the same one I gave our deacons. And one of my favorite heroes of the faith is George Mueller. And this was a, a biography made about him that he informed a lot of. His son-in-law did too. And it's just called George Mueller of Bristol. Huge encouragement to me. I, uh, my guess is it will mirror a lot of your life of walking by faith. And we know George Mueller to be a man of faith. And prayer and trusting. So I just give you that. I trust you have a little bit more time to read and things. So that's just for you guys to enjoy there too. And then um, right behind you, in fact, um, Brother uh, Carter, if you'll just take that off, just a little present we have for you. And uh, just go ahead and rip it off, my friend. Okay, so this is, as you'll see, and I think I even have a picture up here. So this is just a glider, maybe for your deck. I've heard that you've been building a deck and things like that. So this is a padded double glider love seat. Okay, now listen to me, okay? I know what the ministry is like. You don't always have enough time for each other. So my recommendation is that you sit on it together. It's called a love seat for a reason, amen? And get young Dave there to push you, okay? So you need some movement to get going, and he'll come behind you and push you. And I left it in the box. You can certainly return it or whatever your case may be, but hopefully be easier. If you want us to come over and put it together, we'll do it, okay? And we'll be glad to do that. Then also we've heard and, and uh, asked Steve for some suggestions and things like that. And so we also heard that you guys were trying to uh, buy different things, maybe put together a workshop, maybe get a refrigerator and things like that. So we also got you a $250 gift card for Home Depot. Okay, and so that's for you folks there. So let's give them a hand once again. So very thankful for you. Appreciate you. Grateful for your service for our King. And these are just small tokens. And I wish we could do more. Reality is I know heaven's going to bless you and appreciate you. All right. I'm going to ask you guys to go ahead and head down to the, the end. Uh, I know Dave's mom's here. Dave Jr. You, you guys can head down with them. We'll let you guys head to the reception first. Okay. And uh, we'll have them head down there. And I'd encourage you to meet and greet them. And, uh, and uh, just uh, uh, encourage them to let them know how, how, how pleased we are with their service for the Lord. And you know what? It, it would be good just to say thank you to them for their service for our King and our Lord and their many years of service. And so I hope you'll join us. hope you stand today. Guys, don't forget the, the softball meeting down here in the hallway there. And uh, join us in the reception. hope you'll enjoy a good time of fellowship. Join me and stand if you will. We'll pray down here uh, for the cake and the ice cream. Ask God to bless that. And uh, we have several ladies down there ready to serve, maybe some men too. And so appreciate them doing that. Again, those who decorated, thank you. Uh, Miss Ruby kind of organizing everything while I was gone. Appreciate that much. And those who helped out. So thank you very much. Let's pray. And we'll enjoy good fellowship together. Father, again, we thank you for your blessings on us. We thank you for the Carters. And Lord, thank you for using them. Thank you for using each one of us. And may we continue to be successful servants for you, Father. I pray that you'd empower us to do that. May we follow you. May we live for you. May we bring you glory each and every day. Thank you for allowing us to spoil the Carters a little bit tonight. May this just be a big boost in the arm. Big encouragement to them, Father, in this new chapter of life, this new season. Lord, we look forward to them getting involved here at Fostory Baptist Church. We know they're going to be a blessing to us. May we, in turn, be a blessing to them too, Lord. Again, we praise you for who you are today. And, Father, if before we meet again we find ourselves in heaven, Father, we'd say hallelujah to that. 
We say praise the Lord. And so, Father, we look forward to that day. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed. We'll see you on the other end.